0: Alright, if you guys can catch this, will probably change your Christian walk for years to come. And basically what I'm going to be doing is, I'm asking the question, what position are you in? Alright, where are you in your Christian walk? And so what happens with most people is this, is, is that when we go through our Christian walk, we actually have nothing to measure ourselves against. How do you know how far you are? How do you know where you are? The Bible speaks that you know some are babes, some are young men, some are fathers. How do you know exactly where you are in your Christian walk? And so what we want to do tonight is this. Is we want to take the story of coming out of Egypt, going through the desert into the promised land, as a, as a, um, as a picture and a yardstick for you to measure yourself. Okay? And so what I'm going to deal with tonight... um, Janine's probably been doing about... Maybe about 5 or 10 years worth of research just on this. Okay? In order that we can just make it very simple for Christians... So that you can measure yourself and see where you're at. Okay? So I want us to go through this thing. Because the general teaching has been... That when you're in Egypt and you go through the Red Sea, then you, that's a sign of you being born again. You know, I've been set free of the world, and now I'm born again. Okay. And then you're in the desert period, and then you come into the promised land when you go back into Jordan. Now that has been taught so many times in most churches, and most people think that that's what it's all about. But I want to show you that we are nowhere near that. Okay, I want to show you something. What is the first thing that they had to do before they left Egypt? No, before they, before they did that, before God actually let them go, what did they have to do? They had to put the blood on the walls, on the mantle. That speaks about your salvation. Okay? When you put blood out, that is where your salvation starts. So I want you to see something. That the first thing you are going to do when you get born again, is, is that God is going to require certain things from you. And one of the things that God, the starting point as a Christian, is Romans chapter 12 verse 1. And write this down. I said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, your first step as a born-again Christian is to say, I die to self. I die to self. Uh, It's not about me, it's about you God. Now I want you to know something, that most Christians are still in Egypt. Most Christians have never left Egypt, because they are still sitting down with the fundamental starting point of saying it's all about me. And so when you sit down and say, God, I genuinely die to self. God, as much as I hate this, I am going to do what you want me to do. I am going to change the way that I think, the way that I act, and whatever you want from me, I am going to make a decision to serve you. That's the starting point of a Christian. I want to tell you something, there's not a lot of Christians on that point. And most Christians are going, God, I will serve you conditionally, or I'll serve you to what my comfort zone is, and I'll Mm semi-sacrifice. You know, it's like a guy who's sitting there, and he's got a whole plate of food. Okay, God, you can have one lamb chop, but leave this. You understand? No, I'm not joking. It's like, very conditional. And you're going, God, listen, you can have a bit of this, and I'll sacrifice a little bit. Don't dare take it all. And God's saying, I need you to die to self, so that I can start raising you up now once you have got born again and once you've got to the place where i died to self and i kill myself to egypt egypt's ways egypt's desires then god says to you listen i'm going to supernaturally take you into the desert i'm going to let you walk through the desert and i'm going to take you through something now one of the things that's very important Okay, in Exodus chapter 13 verse 17, it says that God did not lead him through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God says lest um, peradventure the people repent when they see war and return back to Egypt. So I want you to know that in the time that you're going to go through the desert, God says, I don't want you to see war. Now what does that mean in a Christian walk? How many of you have got born again, genuinely serve God, and see how much junk and politics there is in the church? And then you sit down and go, I don't want to serve God anymore. Well if that's the church, sorry, I want nothing to do with it. That is what the Bible speaks about war. Now remember one thing, that when these guys went out of Egypt, they were slaves, they were not warriors, so they're not ready for war anyway. So they saw war, they go, I'm out of here. How many new babe Christians look at the church and go, "If yeah, that's a leader and that's a pastor, sorry, I can't handle this. And some of them even say, listen, I've got my own issues, I don't need yours too. So, you've got to understand... Six. Six. you start in things that are going to, to start taking place Once you are born again and got to the place that you are to and this is the problem. Most of us haven't in the last because we still don't want to buy Most of us are are why is it going to, to the are going to die to okay. you place. God, you got a crown and you got a fire. God is protecting you, even though it doesn't seem like it. It might seem you have been in a place where you sit down and go, "What's happening here?" The minute you start going in position or title. You can shortcut your process. The Bible says that it took them for 40 years in the wilderness, and yet it's only 11 day journey. So from there, it was only 11 days, but it took them 40 years to get around. How many of you decided, listen, I'm going to shortcut this. I don't need this anymore. I'm going. You could shortcut that. but The minute you shortcut that, you're out of God's protection. If they decided they were going to take a shortcut for 11 days, then there was no more cloud and no more fire. And a lot of Christians failed. They sit down and go, God, I don't want to go through this process. with nothing is happening. Nobody recognizes me. No ministry. It just doesn't think about me. And yet I know that you put something inside of me. I'm worth something. I'm carrying something. Remember that when the they take all the gold and the silver and the chains. Most of those women were wearing that stuff. You can't carry all that baggage. So they're sitting down looking very pretty and nowhere to go. That protection was always there. Remember that even when they got to the water, the protection of fire behind them was given without them asking. So God, through that time, God kept on saying, I will fight for you. I will fight for you. I will protect you. And God says there were ten reasons why He took His hand off them and said you must all die I'll wait for the next generation. Ten. Six of those ten were murmurings. Complaining. Six of the ten were complaining. So if you are in that process and you start complaining, God starts lifting you. Very interesting stuff. Now I want to tell you right now, there are a lot of Christians when God is busy dealing with them in this desert time. And that desert time is where God is busy refining you. God is changing your heart. He's changing your attitude. He's changing your teachings. He's changing your belief. He's busy building faith in you. Where you only can trust Him because He's your only provision. There is no way to wangle something. What do you do with gold if there's no place to buy but you see, we are talking about people who are not in the world system. How many Christians are still stuck in Egypt in the world system? We haven't even got past the, the first river. And so this is why the Bible says, and Jesus makes a statement, and I'll preach a bit more on this next week. It says, That is a very scary scripture. Everybody of the You're to take You're going to of you going to you to yourself that you never worry about you to you you is about your assignment and what God has called you to do. And then the next thing is, this is a time where you can carry some of your dead dreams. Remember one of the things that they did when they were walking through through the desert that they brought Joseph's bones with him. Remember that Joseph was the dreamer. And Joseph said, listen, let me be buried in Canaan. He was the only guy who got his bones buried in Canaan. And this time, looks like many have been buried and nothing happened I can't tell you how many times we have been walking through the desert you sit down and you see what has been going on in my family and what God has said to us listen, who even knew that I'm sitting in Kenton, who cares but you see God is busy preparing me when nobody sees the battles that I have to face when nobody sees and nobody cares David had to prepare when nobody saw him killing the bear and the lion. Nobody saw it. He was in his desert time. Okay. Nobody saw Paul was hiding away for years studying quietly that nobody bothered. Paul, no, they don't care about Paul. But flip, when Paul came out, everybody knew him. So this desert time is a preparation time. It is a time that you've got to sit down and say, God, any junk in my life, let me deal with it, because the provision is there for me to do something. God gives you provision so that you can stay alive for that season. In Exodus chapter 13, okay, it said, okay, I to that one. Malachi chapter 3 verse 2, it says this, And he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, which are one of the tribes, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. What does that mean? It means God is going to put some heat on you. He's going to put some issues and highlight issues in your life. But remember that when a refiner deals with silver, he cannot let it burn too much because he will destroy it. Silver is one of the the irons or metals that you've got to take on the right time. So he sits down and he says, I'm like a refiner and I'm watching. That heat is on, but it's not too much for you. You are not going to burn, you're not going to get destroyed, because remember, I am the refiner. I will take you out when it's finished. But I will keep you there until you are pure. Until there is a righteousness and a genuine thing so that I can use it to the level that I want you to be used. Now I want to tell you right now, this process most Christians bail on. And they go, listen, why am I not recognized? Why is my ministry not recognized? Why are people not sitting down and being nice to me? And yet, there are times as a Christian that you'll be alone and you'll have people around but nobody. I want to tell you, we have been through many of those times where you sit down and say, God, how is it that I can be sit down on one day and everybody wants my attention and the very next day nobody wants anything to do with me? Twice has happened to me that I literally pick up the phone to see if it's not broken. When I was here in Port Elizabeth, I'm telling you what, my phone used to ring so much that people used to hate coming to me because I even had call waiting. as before cell phones. Okay, so you have teet-teet in your ear and I'm busy with the next call and next call. Let me tell you something, when things go wrong, that phone stopped ringing for a week, not one phone call. I check you and it's still working. I said, God, how does this work? God says, it's time for desert, my man. I need to refine some stuff. I need to get some stuff out. These five years that I've been sitting here in Kenton, desert time. Refined. Nobody wanted anything to do with us. I mean, I rock up in a new town. There's some skinner going on and nobody talks to me for two years. Old town. I'm going, what did I do? I just rocked up. When God takes you through a desert, He will start dealing with you. And He wants to talk to you. And He wants to sort you out. Nobody else. So he sits down in this refining time and he sits down and he says, Listen, I want you to start changing the way that you've done things. I want you to start changing the way that you are thinking. I want you to change the way you believe. I want you to start getting equipped for the purpose and the function that I have for you. What are the other things that happened in the time of the desert? What is very interesting is this, is that they were in bondage with a slave mindset. Okay? A slave mindset. I'm enslaved to this world system. I will do whatever the world says. I must go and work harder, toil harder, you know, the slave mindset. Okay, I've let me die here with no grave. they sit down and you go, listen, just let me die here now. I'm finished now. I can't anymore. When you're in the desert and you're all alone, you get a pretty party of note. Woe is me, all is lost, world suck me up, I'm finished because I want nothing more. That is the thing that God is going to sort out. They needed to go from slave to warrior because they had to possess the promised land. They came out as slaves, but they had to go into the Canaan land as warriors. Let me tell you something, God takes you through that desert time and He starts strategically giving you spiritual warfare training and strategic keys to fulfill the specific assignment that He has given you. And He starts training you and He starts showing you how to handle situations. You might be feeling like you're the only person going through this thing because you are probably the most only person. Why? Because your assignment is different to somebody else's. So don't copy somebody else. You say, God, how do you work with me? How do you show me? How do you talk to me? One guy gets a picture. The other guy gets a feeling. The other guy gets a, I don't know, his left ear wiggles, whatever. Okay? The way God deals with people are different. So you have got to find out, what is God saying to me? What strategic weapons is God putting in my hand for my function and my purpose? So I know that when God deals with us, there are certain things I share with the body of Christ. There's a lot of stuff I never share with you. Do you know it? Because it's got nothing to do with you. And do you know why? Because it's not going to work for you. It's not your job. It's not going to work for you. You're going to try it and go, that doesn't work. I'm going to go, well, I can't help you. You mustn't copy me. Are you guys with me? So I need to go into that thing and say, God, you help me. You show me what I need to do. All right, they had to learn strategic warfare patterns in the desert. And they got this directly from God. In the desert, you're going from being a, uh, a slave to a warrior, and then you have to take ground. Alright? But listen to this. I have to get something that I've never seen. So I don't even know if it's mountains. I don't even know if it's clouds. I don't even know what type of warfare and weapons they use because I've never been in warfare before. I've been a slave. I know nothing. And yet God trains me in strategic warfare so that I can go and beat guys up and sort them out. And can you imagine the first time they're going to go in war and God says, I don't want you to lift a weapon. I want you to walk around and praise. The guys on the warriors on the wall go, this is fun. Look at these idiots. I would have done that. If I'm a warrior and I check these oaks going around, going, walking around seven times in silence, I'm like, hey, Oaks, I'll help you. And then they shout and the power of God hits the place. You see what happens is this, and it's very interesting. Every single time these guys would go into battle, they would go and hear God and then God would give them a different strategy. Read it in the Bible. Even David... When David went to battle, he had the same oaks that he was fighting. He fought the Philistines twice. The first time he went in, he clocked them solid. Then they came back. Then David goes to God again. Should I fight them again? God says, no, not this time. This time you walk quietly with your back to them. And then he says, when the right time is right, you turn around. He gave them a different strategy for the same oaks. I want you to understand that in this season God gives you strategy directly from heaven to fulfill what He's giving you to do. They had to learn that God will fight for them and provide for them and protect them. Now I want you to know that most people aren't even in the desert yet. Most people are still in Egypt. Most people are still stuck up in Egypt sitting down working with the world system and going, I don't even know if I'm really saved. How do I know that? By their prayers. Ah, God, here help us a belief. If it be your will, please give me something. God, if you want to heal this person, please heal them. Oh God, I thank you that I'm going to be wealthy and successful and stand in front of everybody. Come on. And then eventually when you get a guy into the desert and he grows enough to get there, then he ends up shortcutting it anyway. He decides, no, flip, this is too long. And he runs off. How many young men do I know that go there and they go, no, I need my ministry. I deserve this. I've been sitting here for 20 years and I've been serving and nobody appreciates me. Nobody likes me. I know it's time now. I've got a bigger ministry than the preacher. I'm going to go and do this. And then they go, stuff it up solidly because they come out of God's protection the minute they shortcut how many times haven't I seen that where God is saying if they just hung in there if they just obeyed if they just pushed through they would have come into a place of promised land and then once you have passed that desert experience and I can't tell you how long that is you know everybody sits down and says it's short they are flip it's long because there's a lot of mindsets we need to change. A lot of generational teaching has to be untaught. I have been busy with this for five years. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how much stuff I've had unlearned. And I didn't exactly get the worst teaching I ever got. I still had to unlearn all the junk that I got taught. I feel sorry for those who came out of traditional churches for years. So I sit down and say, God, I've got to unlearn this stuff. I've got to relearn. I've got to be re-equipped. I've got to be reassigned. I've got to be reevaluated, so that I can get through this desert experience. So when I come out of there, I am coming on an assignment into Canaan land. And when I walk into Canaan land, I start walking with supernatural blessing. I want you to turn to Joshua, chapter 1. This, I think it's verse 5. Let me just check. Where's Joshua? Joshua? Joshua. I think it's Joshua 1. What does 1 5 say? No, it's not that. Um, hello? Joshua. Let me think what verse Chapter, is it 6 verse 10? Um, no, that's, I'm sure it's 1. Let's just see. I'm looking for the place where it spoke about the manna. Is it 6? No. Just check. Is it 5? No, 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 it's 5 Okay, let me just see quickly. Yeah, there we go. Verse 12, look at this. Verse 12. When they got into the promised land, this is what happens to them. The manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the uh, the food of the land of Canaan that year. In other words, that provision in that time of the desert, you're just getting enough to survive. Your salary is not great. You're not getting all these major breakthroughs. Why? Because God is busy training you. God is getting rubbish out of your life. But when you get into Canaan, and you actually push into your inheritance, all of a sudden there's an abundance. Now we shortcut this process. We go, I love you Lord, I'm born again. Thank you Lord, I'm right into Canaan. And God's saying, listen, I need you through that desert experience. I need to change your mindset, so that when you get to Canaan, it's all about faith. It's all about faith, trusting me, believing God, knowing that I will bring you through, knowing that I will carry you, knowing that I will bring you to the place of total provision and abundance. But we've got to get through that training ground. And most people fail that training ground. They either want to run back to Egypt... Oh no, rather let me go and work again, let me just make a normal life, this is too much. Scrap the ministry, scrap everything else, let me go back there. Or they take a shortcut and fail. I thank you for watching my life, everything to you, teach me nothing anymore. And they walk off. And then I find out they do nothing. No, genuine. They end up doing nothing. They end up burning themselves out and they hurt a lot of people. So I want to tell you right now. Evaluate yourself. Am I still in Egypt? Or am I in the desert? If I'm in the desert, what level am I at the desert? Or am I starting to come into Canaan land? Let me tell you right now, it's years. I'm actually now for more than 20 years, I've been serving God all this time, I've been I've been on the top and then I crash, I've been on the top and then I crash, it's like a yo-yo in my life that's why I actually don't trust people anymore they're all fickle and I don't mean that in an ugly way when it's going, great, they're all your chommies, let it go bad they all run you know it's like Arthur and his lone ranger group so what I'm saying is this is you cannot have your identity based on people. You cannot have your identity based on your calling. You can't have your identity based in a title or position. You've got to have your identity based in God. The greatest words I ever heard was, the greatest ministry can be determined by how much criticism you can handle. If you want to know how big your ministry can be, is how much criticism you can take. Because people will try and destroy you. And even Jesus had it. Everybody had it. mean, the very guys who were coming to Jerusalem to sit down and go, yeah, throw palm trees were the ones saying, crucify him a few, little, few days later. So, my question to you is this, is, where are you? Only you can answer that. Only you know what's going on in your life. If you start getting up with a frustration and you're just having your needs met and you're just not getting a breakthrough, maybe you're in the desert. So no, you're in a process where God is teaching you and getting rid of your rubbish. Because we're going to have to get rid of it. Uh, that refining is not fun. There's heat and pressure coming, my mind. It is serious stuff coming on your life. Alright? I said to Janine, what Janine said to me, she says, Arthur, do you realize that we have so much stress in our life that when stress really comes, we don't even notice it anymore? It's like everybody's panicking. We don't have a house to stay. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what's next. And we're quite okay. We're going, okay, God, it's what well, we're going to do. What you tell us to do? We're not falling apart like we did years ago. It's like, we used to this my kids are actually excited pack our bags where are we going no we don't know Okay, fine (laughs) they're quite happy but I want to show you one last scripture about your assignment now I did have it in Isaiah 1 what verse was it now did I give you Isaiah 1 for something are you guys learning something how many of you are going, ouch, yet? going th- out yet? Th- Only, ouch. Yeah. Louis. Now, where is the scripture now? I know that I had it. 19. Yeah. 19. Look at this. I want to show you now where we fall very short when God tells you to do something. The Bible says, verse 19, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, I want to tell you something. When God gives you an assignment... How many of you have been obedient but not willing? God, I will do it because you said so, but my heart is now. God says that you are not going to have any fruit in your life if you are not willing and obedient. There are times when we are willing and we are not even obedient. God, okay, I am willing to do this but not now. I want to tell you right now, if God has given you an assignment, you better go and do it. It's the same like when I am now relocating, I have to change my heart. I'm not joking. I have to change my heart. My family has to change their heart. Otherwise, we are not going to reap any benefit. And we have got to sit down and say, God, give me a love for everything that I'm doing now. Give me a love for for where I'm going, for the assignment that you're giving me, so that I can do this thing properly in the Spirit, not because we are just being obedient. We have got to be willing in our hearts and say, God, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to be willing. And God, I thank you that you are helping me die to self, to my own ways, to my own desires so that I can do what you are telling me to do. Lord, right now I thank you for what you are doing in our lives. And Lord, I thank you that as you are bringing us through... Lord, that you're going to bring us to a place where we are going to be obedient to you and we're going to be willing to do what you want us to do. And Lord, that if we are going through a refining fire, Lord, let us just know that you will never let that fire get too hot and that we will be able to survive it. Lord, I pray right now that we are going to break the things of Egypt off us, in Jesus' name. Lord, that we are not going to want to stay in the world system, we want to stay in the world's way, but God, we are going to start moving into the promised land, but Lord, we're going to go through this desert with flying colors. Lord, where it's You teaching us, where it's You showing us, where it's You directing us and You protecting and providing for us in Jesus' name. Father, I thank You for what You are going to do in and through each and every single person in this building. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.